Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Oh, my God, my bastards are quiz masters. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball Daily. Now you're welcome, Max. So uh, very happy to welcome our next guest who, as you all know at this stage, just over a month ago, was crowned NCAA champion at 400 metres. She ran a time of 49.20, which is an Irish record. She has a lot of Irish records. But also 49.20 would have won her a silver medal in the Olympic final just gone or a gold at Beijing. So a real world-class time. And one of the big questions then was, would she turn professional? She had a year left at the University of uh, Texas. Well, Rashida Adelecki has turned professional. She is joining us uh, to draw breath after her Diamond League debut in Monaco over the weekend. Uh, there are World Championships in Budapest in late August. There is uh, an Olympic Games, obviously, next year in Paris. And she is an Alliance Ireland ambassador. She's with us now. Rashida, you're very welcome to the show. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So it's been a fairly crazy five, six weeks in your life. Could we jump back to the NCAA, NCAA win at 400 metres? Uh, like to win an NCAA, just for Irish athletes, you're amongst legendary names. It is a, a huge deal. Um, this was an Irish record. It was also a, a proper race as well against Brittany Wilson. You were not just against the clock. It was it was it was mm-hmm. uh, you against her. And, and that was how it shaped up, you know, home crowd supporting you. A lot of pressure. Give us your uh, memories of the race, how you were feeling maybe in the moments before the race. How confident were you? Um, I was really confident. My training was going really well. And we had just won before I won a couple of hours, probably like an hour beforehand. So I was like really, really excited to get back onto the track and we were going to win the team title. So, you know, it was more than just trying to win for myself. It was more so trying to run for my team as well. So it was just really, it was just a really exciting experience and just being able to, you know, be at my best when it mattered was just really important because like my team needed me and it was in front of a home crowd as well. So it's like, it's so important to like kind of like defend your your home turf. So, yeah, no, it's it's an amazing experience, honestly. Yeah. Being at your best when it matters. That's the key sentence Mm -hmm. there, isn't it? Not everyone can do that. No, yeah. Like, I just, I'm just so grateful to be able to, and it obviously wasn't just alone, like with my coaches, he like kind of planned our whole season around, like making sure that we're going to be, you know, in our prime for like NCAAs and then like when it comes to later in the season, like worlds and stuff. But no, yeah, it was just, it was just an, Sounding experience because like the vibes were just amazing everyone like some of my teammates won as well and like when we won the team title too everyone was just so ecstatic and it just really meant the world because it was like a perfect championship at home mm. you were up against Britton Wilson who had beaten you mm. in the previous race and this turned into a real fight between the two of you uh, where does like doing the right things with your technique and keeping your focus on your own lane uh, stop? And where does, well, I just have to beat this person who I can see out of the corner of my eye uh, come into it? Um, Honestly, I just try to focus on myself because okay. a lot of people would like put us up against each other. 
but like the thing is that like when it gets into a final there's eight people in the race so any of those eight people can actually win it because you never know who's going to have like the race of their life mm. so i just tried to focus on myself because i can't really control what anybody else does and when it came down to it it really was me and her on the home straight and i just really just dug deep and was able to you know get the win yeah yeah i presume you have to stay pretty calm in, in that kind of moment as well because easy to lose composure when you realise oh god here we are in the home straight it's just the two of us yeah no yeah definitely like it's so important not to like tighten up or anything like just trying to stay relaxed because at the end of the day if you tighten up it's only going to it's only going to be referred in your technique and in your running style because you're going to start tensing up and then you won't be able to be as fluid with your strides and stuff so making sure that I just relaxed and I just was confident in my strength was the main part because my training was going really well as I said so Mm. I knew that was strong enough to finish under any circumstances yes are you getting you haven't been running 400 meters for very long relatively speaking Mm. do you find you're finishing stronger is that stamina coming yeah no definitely like the longer i spend training in the 400 the more stamina and more endurance i'm building so like that's why i'm excited for for winter training again because then i can also build on the foundation i built last winter and just kind of bring that into next year yeah because don't they call the last 400 meters the last 100 meters or 400 meters like sniper's alley the lactic acid is burning yeah like lactic city obviously (laughs) not it's not a fun place to be sometimes no, definitely isn't fun at all. It's just, it's literally like just the mental, like it just shows your mental strength, just being able to get through that last one and just fight it. So I was reading, there are about 25,000 NCAA Division One track and field athletes. And of those 25,000 mm-hmm. on a given year, 0.2% will turn professional. So yeah. you're in that 0.2%, which is kind of a cool way to think about it. When did you make up your mind to turn pro and tell us about the decision making process? Um, probably made up my mind. I feel like I was going back and forth a couple of times, but like my main deciding factor was just the Olympics and trying to be ready for the Olympics and making sure that I was kind of like on my own terms and able to kind of schedule my own races and everything just to peak for the Olympics. And I feel like I'd be able to do that as a professional athlete and being a collegiate athlete, just a lot of, there's a, there's a couple more restrictions that might not benefit, like being able to like peak for just the Olympics. Cause you obviously have the NCAA championships and then you have like indoor NCAAs and regionals. And these are all important competitions in the NCAA system. Okay. So all them rounds might have an effect on how you do in the later on stages of the season. Okay, I see. And it's mm-hmm. not a case that you can turn around to the University of Texas and say, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to sit out the uh, regionals or I'm going to sit out the NCAAs. If you're a student, you are racing. Pretty much, unless you're like hurt. Because like something like regionals, like you can't go to nationals unless you run regionals. So like when it comes to like when these rounds and stuff, you can't just like sit it out. Because okay. at the end of the day, the school is paying you to attend and to perform and to compete so yeah if one person is like i'm going to sit out and everyone else could just decide to sit out and then there is no team yeah so, no that, that yeah that's fair enough because i was i mean I, i'm not as familiar with this world because from afar i was looking at it and thinking oh well everything's going so well she obviously likes mm-hmm. a coach she likes the environment why would you mess with a good thing a year out from the olympics is is that a 
like are you going to move away now or are you are you saying goodbye to your coach and going to like some kind of Nike campus or, or what, what's the next year of your life looking like it's actually going to be pretty similar because I'm still staying at Texas like okay. I'm still going to be at the university I'm still going to continue my studies and stuff so I'm just going to be a professional athlete that's the only difference like I won't run in the NCAA system and I won't run for Texas but I'll still be at Texas train at Texas okay. still going to classes at Texas but everything else is going to stay the same ah okay I thought you were being whisked away somewhere so life stays no no pretty similar yeah great that makes a lot of sense because I'm sure if you if if uh, turning pro meant you had to step away from university that would be a much tougher decision that would yeah, be messy with yeah. a lot then, yeah then it probably wouldn't have made sense but I feel like because everything was pretty much staying the same, it was just made sense to take the opportunity. Okay, so your coach is still your coach, and you'll probably still coach or uh, yeah. train train with some of your teammates who are still NCAA yeah. athletes. Exactly, all my teammates are still the same, so it's pretty much going to be the same as it was this year. Honestly. Okay, great. That seems like a relatively straightforward decision, then, in many respects. Yeah. Who, who did you take advice from? Who do you who do you trust with your career, Rashida? Um, I was talked to like my mom, some of my friends, and some people, some of my teammates who had to make the decision as well, like and what they went off. And I feel like everyone has different circumstances, so you know, and what might make sense to me might not make sense for another person. So I really just have to go with my gut as yeah. well, because everyone has like certain advice they give, but no one is actually necessarily in my shoes. So. I feel like it definitely depended on just how I felt. Yes, I presume some athletes mm-hmm. may like to race a lot and others, for instance, mm-hmm. might prefer training and race occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Which bracket are so you in? How does the, the next year of your life look? Will you will we be seeing you racing a whole bunch or similar to what you've been doing at NCAA level? Or what are you, what's your thinking on that front? Um, I probably won't race as much, but I would still race in like high quality races. Because I'm so used to the collegiate system that I can't like suddenly go from racing like every two weeks to racing like once a month. So I'll definitely need to like kind of stay in the same type of routine, but maybe just like gear them more towards like the later stages of the season instead of like a lot of indoor racing. Mm. I saw on your debut as a professional, you raced in Hungary at 200 metres. So yeah. are we keeping 200 metres very much in your back pocket? Is that an event you'd, you'd like to be doing for the next cycle? Yeah, I'd definitely be doing the two and the four. Those would be my main events. And I like going to the one, the 60 here and there too. How was Monaco then, your Diamond League debut? Um, it was really fun. Like it was a good experience. Um, it kind of just felt like a regular like NCAA me, honestly. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it was really good to see where I was because I hadn't raced in quite a while in the 400 meters. So it was good to see that I was still like in 49 shape after a whole month after NCAAs. So it's really good um, ideas of where I am in my training and like when we do decide to like peak and taper for um, hungry and see exactly that how that's going to have an effect on my on my competition yeah is it pretty much a, a fairly reliable science uh, when it comes to peaking like do you and your coach know we've got a race in august world championships you you would have a, fa- a pretty good idea of how to peak for that that's that's not something that's guesswork at this stage i presume yeah like flow is really um, knowledgeable in the in 
in the uh, whole aspect of that leg. So he knows exactly what he's doing when he like tells us what workouts to do to help us peak for a certain competition. So like anything that he says, I just completely trust and I just go with. I'm wary of even saying this to you because what the hell do I know about running or racing and um, listen to your coach, of course. But I don't know, I, I presume someone may have mentioned it to you already. Did you see Michael Johnson's tweet uh, about your race in Albuquerque in March? Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't, uh, he was basically, I mean, he was effusive in his praise. He was saying, look out when she learns to use those arms. He said she's carrying them instead of using them to drive the legs. And that difference is significant over 400 metres. It helps increase speed and reduce fatigue. So, look, I guess the headline there is Michael Johnson is saying, watch out for this athlete because she's brilliant. But the mm-hmm. second point about using your arms is was that news to you or is that something you were very aware of or do you agree or disagree? Yeah. What was your reaction um, that's to that? Something, that's something Flo has been talking about for a while and he's okay. been trying to get me to improve. Like every time I'm running in the river, like arms, 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 use your arms, use your arms, <laughs> put your arms in. So like that's definitely something I've been working on and like the fact that I guess he pointed it out that kind of just shows his specialty in the event because obviously he was like multiple Olympic world champion etc so he knew yeah like this is something that I could improve on and that's something that Flo had been discussing and that's something that I've been working on as well but you know sometimes when you get into a race like everything goes out of your mind and you just focus on running fast yeah. so that that's what usually happens to me. Yeah. I, I, well, I can imagine. I guess that's where I was. Um, that's what I was getting at when I was asking about racing Britain Wilson and you're in a race and like yeah. to hell with the clock, to hell with my arms. <laughs> I'm just I'm in a race here. Just so, trying to run. Yeah. And I, I can see how it's suddenly <laughs> yeah. hard to think arms, 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 you know? Yeah. Like you're not even like when it comes to it, you're not even thinking about anything. You're only thinking about winning and you're just doing whatever you can to win and you mm. just completely forget about like your technique and stuff you're just so focused on like one goal and just getting to the line and whatever your brain thinks is the fastest way to do that is just what it does yeah but you know there could be like there could be something in that because a lot of people made the point after your race in Hungary your first as a professional over 200 meters that actually if you looked at the lifetime bests of the eight competitors that day you were actually the eighth slowest and yet you end up finishing second to the fastest woman on the planet at that distance. So like maybe what you have, that kind of racer's mentality, maybe on certain days that's more important than, oh, but my arms were perfect. Yeah, it is. Because at the end of the day, like technique doesn't win a race. It's like speed. So yeah. it's just making sure you get to the line first or second or third, not really necessarily. Like your form does matter because essentially that will help you run faster. But if you can win without it, it's still a win. Yeah, I can imagine. So what what, what it's probably very hard to even verbalize or describe what where's your head at when you're in a proper race and you can see the person in the next lane to you? Um, honestly, like I usually try to just focus on myself and the 400, though, like it's easy to get distracted. So if you see someone ahead of you and they're kind of like running away from you, like, oh, I need to speed up. Yeah. So the necessary thing to do is kind of trust yourself and like go on your own pace but sometimes when you're running like it's so hard to do that because you're so concerned about where someone else is especially if they're in front of you yeah so that's definitely something that it's important to work on especially for me and like i know a lot of athletes kind of struggle with that as well just trying to run your own race and there's a lot of times where i can do that and there's some times where i don't so it's really just very fluctual yes yeah Every day is different, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I, exactly. I saw, I saw you say something very interesting um, 
about one of the races recently and you were asked about tactics and you said, yeah, my coach gave me tactics, but honestly, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It went in one ear and out the other. I'm just going to do what I feel is right. Because I remember the last time I used tactics, I was trying to remember, okay, he said, do this. He said, do that. And I was just getting confused. So then then he said to me, which sounds like good coaching on his part, then he said to me, all right, scratch that. Just do whatever you feel is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when we were getting ready for the NCAA final, right after I'd run the relay, he was so like I was on the outside lane, so I couldn't see any of my competitors. Mm. And he was like, "Okay, so this is what you should do. You should um, go out hard in the first fifty, then you should like um, you should float or something." Then he was like, "Then <laughs> then when you get into the curve, you have to." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I like you know when someone is talking to you, but like you're like daydreaming <laughs> and he clearly saw that I wasn't like listening <laughs> he was like he was like do you know what never mind <laughs> just, just just run like you've been training really well trust yourself yeah and that's just what I did because like I feel like if I was trying to think of all them things while I was running I would get a bit distracted and I'd be trying to remember what I was supposed to do in this centimeter of the race instead of focusing on yes. the race itself the so, race yeah yeah it's really mm. interesting. Have you seen the film? Yeah. Have you seen the film Forrest Gump? Yeah. So it's kind of run, Forrest, run. Just basically, yeah, just run. <laughs> let's, let's deal with just it run. then. Um, mm. So your studies, uh, I know we spoke a couple of months ago and you were saying they're very important to you. So that 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 yeah. will remain a big part of your life for the next year. I mean, you, you graduate from a great university and regardless of what happens for your with your career, running career, you know, you've got this great qualification. So you're you're going to be juggling the two in a big way over the next year, I presume. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, next year's going to be a big year. Like obviously I have the Olympics and stuff and then I graduate and I've been doing a lot. I've, taken, I've been taking a lot of extra credits and stuff to try and graduate early. Hmm. So like, yeah, it's going to be a big year and I'm just trying to kind of stay focused, not let all the stuff that's going on distract me and like get just build a routine yes. so I can be successful in all the areas like in athletics, like still have like a social life and still not get too consumed by like school and track, but just being able to kind of balance everything evenly. That's probably like my main focus for next year. Yes. Like I'm amazed you have time for a social life. Yeah. Like it's sometimes it's kind of hard, but honestly, like I don't force having a social life. Like I do like to go out with my friends and stuff whenever we do have a chance, but there's sometimes that, you'd rather just like stay in bed or like watch TV and just chill mm. instead of like going out to like a barbecue or something. So it's like, it just depends on like how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. And do you have like, are all of your friends fellow athletes or do you have a bunch of mates from your, your schoolwork? Um, so I have a lot of friends that I've met at like, you know, like when you have like organizations in America, would have there's, there's a lot of orgs so like they'd be like an org event like anything that you're interested in and then you'd meet people there so i have some friends from that and i have a lot of friends on the team and like yeah. friends of friends as well so like i like to like not just have athletic friends but mm. have friends who don't who aren't in sports and just kind of give you that other type of like yeah. lifestyle like that have different interests and stuff i wouldn't talk about athletics all the time 
Yeah, because I, I, I could imagine mm-hmm. it, it could become a bubble if you're going training and then you're doing your studies and then your social life is a bunch of people going, oh, did you see someone around 49, 49, 19? Exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I like people who just don't really know about that so they can just talk about someone else yeah, <laughs> instead okay. of like always trapped. Yeah. So you say I ran 49, 20 and they say, is that good? They're the kind of... Yeah, they're like, no, they're, they're like, you're from, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> like, or like I could be like around... 70 seconds I'm like oh my god you ran 70 seconds <laughs> well look so yeah most of us couldn't run 400 meters I think on a on a full stop so um <laughs> what are you going to do when you graduate like are you going to hang around in Texas and and keep your coach forevermore or I, I know I'm asking you about like life in the distant future here but yeah what what is like you know all those years when you when you shake hands at college and say thanks a million that was great where, where do you go who gives you the right advice like how does that world work I don't know honestly like there's those options like I could really be coached anywhere I could be coached with my coach still or I could go to I, don't, I know the Leadlands has a good coach in the UK Ireland anywhere really mm. but it really just depends on where I am this time next year and what I feel is right and um, Everything is myself is good now and it's working. Yeah. But at least, but next year I'll be a full time professional athlete. So like, you know, I do have the option to move. But I do like myself now. Everything is really good. The weather is good. I have like a really good like team with me, and you know, it's kind of like a mini family now that we've that we've formed. And I like become I've become really, really trusting of the people who have surrounded myself by. So yeah, you know, for the foreseeable future, that's kind of like where I see myself. Like. But anything can happen. I yeah, I can really see the mm-hmm. appeal of a of a circle and a family because it could be yeah. a very lonely, monotonous life otherwise. Exactly. Training exactly. solo. Uh, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because there's sorry. a lot of. Oh, sorry. No, no, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. There's a lot of like international students there as well. So like we kind of like just took upon ourselves upon ourselves to kind of just like create that kind of like family environment. Do you know what I mean? Like so. We, we all like have each other's backs and we all kind of have the same like story. Like, you know, we've came from far and like now this is our new home. Yeah. So like having stuff like that is really important. Yeah. I don't know if you've been talking to family here over the last couple of weeks, Rashida, but weather for July, not been good. <laughs> I know I've been hearing a lot. I've been, I've just, you know, I've constantly been saying, I've been seeing a lot of talk about people who've been booking like venues for a summer wedding and you know the way it's more expensive to like have a summer wedding in July Mm -hmm. and then like the weather is just terrible (laughs) like um no that's definitely that's definitely something I've been hearing about lately yeah it's been uh it's been full on so just you you think about that next year when you're deciding where to train (laughs) yeah well it's 40 degrees in Texas so wow okay yeah so it's really we go we go to the track at 9 a.m to try beat the sun you're never beating the sun honestly because it's just always so so hot and when you're doing like a crazy session like 600s or 500s and it's in 40 degree heat it's just unbearable Mm, i can imagine yeah so we'll worry about the olympics when they're on the horizon in the meantime i guess the world championships in late august that is the the big red circle in your calendar what is yeah. what what's a good achievement for you at those um games in budapest because i i do feel there is now such um not pressure because it's it's a nicer word than pressure but there's such hope and expectation and excitement obviously about what you've achieved already and i'm 
I'd be kind of worried from afar that we might be expecting too much from you. Like, we have to be fair, you're, you're 20 years of age and you've just turned professional. So for you, what would you be happy with, Rashidat, in, in Budapest? Um, just to make the final and see what happens from there. Like, I feel like I can definitely make a, get a medal based on, you know, the form I've showed and, like, my training and stuff. But honestly, like, it all depends on how I feel on the day. Mm. So, I like, always, every time I go out to any um, championship I always try my best I always give my best and I can usually perform at a high level and that's just what I'm going to go for this year again yeah as you said it's on the day would you have a good sense most of the time on the starting line if you're about to run a good race no because there's been times where like I haven't been feeling good I had to run really fast and there's been times where I feel amazing and I don't run fast so (laughs) yeah so I really won't know until like the race is over and I'm like oh wow like I used to cry. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, listen, I know you're busy and you're you're talking to lots of people, so your time is precious. We'll let you go. Just to say congrats on turning professional. It's an amazingly cool thing to be able to do and uh, best of luck <laughs> with all the races in the next while. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs> Rashida Adelaki uh, with us on the line there. And she is an Alliance Ireland ambassador and they are very much proud to be global and local partners of the Olympic movement as they continue to support Irish athletes, inspiring them to write their own future as Alliance underwrite it. So Rashida Adelecki on the line with us there.